another Queens in this episode because today with me is another powerful woman who is a mentor to three Filipino freelancers. So let me go ahead and call her now. Hola. Welcome to the Queens in Biz podcast where you can hang out and indulge in the secrets and best practices of female entrepreneurs and business owners who are high achievers and independent like you. Join us as we help you realize your best self in life, relationships, and your business with me, your host, Melissa Profeta. Me. You know, this is the first time that we actually spoke no, on camera. Yes. Messages <laughs> and all. And I've also been seeing your video. Let us know how you are right now. How, how have you been in the past few months? I know it's the world is crazy, right? So with me lately, I'm actually doing better because I'm introvert. So... I Being think. at home is staying at home without the guilt <laughs> at this time. So I feel like I can stay at home without having to say no to my friends, which is cool. <laughs> so it's like just a normal thing for you now. Like yes. nothing ever changed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's my thing. Uh, I'm currently busy doing a lot of things for my mentorship program. And nice. that's basically it. <laughs> making here. myself busy so again uh, Demi I super thank you for being with me right now and sparing the time so let's say hi to all the women by the way I usually ask this in um, you know the past few episodes in all of my interviews but can you give us an idea who Demi Islit was and I want us to be you know probably more specific because we also have moms and we're thinking how am I going to build up my kid to be you know this successful woman in the future so maybe walk us through the kind of mindset that you had when you were during your um, elementary days and then high school days and then before you even actually launched uh, your business so with me when I was a kid I was I can say that my childhood has been very very colorful I'm blessed with a lot of people around me. I barely have anyone to play with, but my family has been super supportive. I used to be living with my aunt, my grandmother, my uncle, and my mom. And we were this one huge family. <laughs> so back in the day, I used to very much enjoy reading books. And I think that that was my stepping stone to becoming who I am right now because I've always loved being able to read books or simply having the idea that I have to um, spend time at the end of the day just reading books. So that has been my childhood. And then during high school, I think I was able to step into public speaking. I've always been pulled out of my classes because my teachers would always ask me to be a school representative for speeches. 
hence probably why <laughs> uh, I like being on video or I'm comfortable with speaking because it's been something that I have I guess I could say that um, you're natural and <laughs> natural I guess uh, you could say that or I have been doing it since then so that's why I feel like this is my home or this is my place or public speaking has something uh, is something that has been with me ever since um, with college I cannot really say that college has been good <laughs> it's ironic that usually you would get bullied in high school but college is the time when I got bullied because that was the time when I continued my somehow speaking career in her school competitions and for some reason like a lot of my classmates did not like that <laughs> and Whoa. then I became uh, I graduated college uh, a month after graduation I became a teacher blessed to be a part of the teaching team of one of the great schools here in Cebu City. And then I found that teaching kids wasn't really for me. I mean, it's, of course, a noble job to become a teacher, and I don't doubt right. that. And I still feel like teaching is one of the noblest professions. But like for me, being able to experience the the type of career or workload wherein I'm supposed to handle two different classes or I have two advisory classes instead of having one and I was a fresh graduate that time so it was a huge adjustment it's like I wasn't even briefed <laughs> no orientation and all that kind of sort but I was dipped into the waters just like right off the bat so that for me was not really a good experience I still love teaching though currently still teaching but I decided to resign in my kindergarten teaching job and pursue what I really wanted to do, which was at that time writing books. <laughs> so my childhood dream of being able to create a book of my own has sprung into something. And I thought that that was it. Like my career would be becoming an author after I resigned my kindergarten teaching job which is not the case <laughs> so when I was designing my very own book cover for my book my boyfriend told me like hey why don't you sell this kind of service like why don't you go out there and sell book covers for other people and I thought that might be a really good idea because at that moment I did not have anything but my separation pay <laughs> which is 20k that ran for like two months I guess and after those two months, I did not have anything in my pocket and had to start my freelancing career from basically zero, knowing nothing about marketing, nothing about Upwork or Fiverr or FreeUp and all those things. And thankfully, I guess I found my way through, again, the books. <laughs> so I just read a lot of books, understood marketing and digital marketing from scratch and applied the principles to my own freelancing career and somehow got my breakthrough last 2018. And I decided that ever since then, I'll be teaching people the same things that I learned from those books here in our very own country setting, because I think that they really deserve to know and that they have the every right to have the same autonomy that I have right now. So there's that. <laughs> That's wow. the story. Thank you for sharing that, um, Demi. Because, but you know, 
not a lot of people can really apply the things that they read on books. So maybe you could share with us, how do you start implementing the things that you learned? What's, do you have a strategy? Like, do you have to read it three or four times and actually practice it? How does it work with you? So with me, I'm actually not a single book type of person. I actually hoard five books at the same time. And then when I got, get bored with Dang. one, I switch, <laughs> I switch to a different book and then another book and then another book. Because to me, the most important part is enjoying the reading journey. Right. So that's how I enjoy what I'm reading. But the way I do it is I hoard five books of a very similar topic. So it's like even if I'm shifting from one book to another, the idea or the topic is the same. So it's not basically driving myself away from the the topic, but just adding new data every time I flip a new book. So that's what I kind of do. As of applying, I think the reason why I apply the the things that I learn in books is because like at that point when I was starting my freelancing career, the reason why I applied it is because I was desperate for money. Like I really did not have anything in my pocket. So I feel like if I applied this, then there must be something really good waiting at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> so I have to simply get this going and let's see how it worked. And then ever since then, I felt like books was books are a blessing. And I felt like everything that I read, I should, I, everything that I read and will read should be applied from here on forward because that was the time when I realized that whatever you apply in a book, it must be really working because I don't think that it would sell a million copies if it doesn't work <laughs> or it doesn't change sure. people's lives. Yeah. That's right. But okay, so I'm curious now. So right now you're doing, do you still do freelance work or have you grown into an agency already? Or aside from the one that you have as your academy? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I don't really accept client work anymore. Usually, I just pass it on to my students. So if there are clients that ask for my service, I just pass it on to my students. But I don't really wish to build an agency because what's more important for me is time freedom. So right. agency, <laughs> agency maybe not. Because <laughs> um, I have an experience also. I had an experience where I was one of the designers of an agency and it's really not something or it's not a business model that I would like to have for myself. Just because the delegation, the task, the handling of people, project management, all these things, I don't think that I'm courageous enough to really do that. And I would love to have more time for myself than simply growing a business. Demi, how young are you? You're I am turning you. 25. I remember myself because I <laughs> see myself in you, like, you know, being this woman who's a goal, a goal getter. Um, but what piece of advice would you give to, let's say, you know, college graduates, most especially with the kind of situation now, who want to become entrepreneurs? And I really want us to push this. Because, like, you know, there have, there have been many, many news, mm-hmm. although it's negative, but we have to touch this lightly, okay? So, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs and so on, but I think here in the Philippines, there's a lack or maybe a disconnect in terms of sharing more about entrepreneurship. So maybe, like, with you in your case, in your standing, what piece of advice would you give to these college students 
who just recently graduated or is about to graduate during the pandemic who want to become or who could be entrepreneurs? For me, one of the things that I always read in my inbox is that there are people who are, for example, accountancy graduates and they are frustrated designers. It's like they just finished their degree just so they can comply with what their parents are saying or what their parents wish for them to achieve. And I kind of was in that very specific situation. So I graduated as a teacher, but that wasn't really my first love. Like My first love was really English and language and literature. So I feel like when you wish to become an entrepreneur, you have to be okay of letting go even your four-year college degree. If, for example, of course, you do not really enjoy your college degree, then of course, I would definitely advise for people to pursue the things that make them giddy, like make you killig. <laughs> I wish for you to do that because entrepreneurship is personal development on steroids. If you don't enjoy True. what you're doing, then I don't think that you would be able to succeed because only when you enjoy what you're doing, only when you enjoy serving other people and really forgetting about you know, yourself as a person and putting other people's welfare, welfare first before your own, that's the only time that you'll be become a successful entrepreneur. Thank you for that. But what entrepreneurial tricks like have you discovered? Do you keep you focused and super productive in your day-to-day busy schedule? For me, it's getting a schedule or creating a schedule that works for you. I used to go to YouTube and search so many productivity tips on how like Elon Musk does their scheduling or whatever. And I discovered that there a lot of them are doing time blocking. And I tried Yeah, I tried time blocking once and it didn't really work for me. Because it's like shifting for you. Uh, Mine is batching. So Ah, if I want to record a video today, then that means that's my big task for the day. And then next day I'll do the writing. Next day I'll do the content creation or something. So mine has always been batching it per day. But with time blocking, that didn't really work for me because the shifting of the task stresses. (laughs) I don't know why. It requires a lot of brains. Yes, it really requires a lot of energy. And I think that my brain resets every time that I have to shift from one task to another. So I would say that a good productivity tip is really finding the schedule that works for you. I A lot of people have even told me like, you have to wake up at 5 a.m. and all these things. And like, for me, what if I slept at like 3 a.m. because I burned the midnight oil for a really good project and you're asking me to wake up at 5 a.m.? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so really find a schedule that works for you because that's what going, what's going to keep you motivated because you will enjoy waking up the next day knowing that you don't have to at least probably wake up to an alarm clock or perhaps do something that makes you anxious first thing in the morning. So that's what I could yeah, give as an advice. <laughs> Thank you for that, Demi. But, okay, Demi, we have this mantra. Like, oh, my God. I think I forgot to tell you about this, but we usually give away, like, one thing mm-hmm. uh, to our queens. We call them queens, our viewers. But if you have something that you want to give away for free, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to uh, share it with them. Okay. 
Okay. So anyway, anyway, going back to what you said um, earlier, so let's talk about the books again. Mm-hmm. What were the major books? Can you give me the top three books that really influenced your life, and that, that where you said, "Oh my God, this is it. I'm going to change the way I live." Blah blah blah. So I'm curious because I'm also a bookworm. But what are your top three books? Our first one would be The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Lorenzo Ruiz. Super powerful. And up until this day, I still read it and listen to it over and over again because I feel like that's one of the things that you need to consider as an entrepreneur are the four agreements that the author was talking about in that book. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second one is The Go-Giver. You wish to become an entrepreneur and be fully of service to the people that you're serving. Go-Giver is the best. <laughs> I think, um, as I've said earlier, it's a personal development development on steroids. So Go-Giver is one of the best things that you could have. And third one, I would say that Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. If you want to create more impact to the world, if you're that type of entrepreneur, if you're a servant leader, thought leader type of entrepreneur, then Expert Secrets would be the best for you. Those are my top three books what was, which one is your most favorite oh the four agreements four agreements first one. better check yes. that out i haven't really dabbled into it but mm-hmm. is that a local author or no it's a, a guy the guy that wrote that is probably mexican i think the agreements in itself are very self-explanatory but when it in your own life you're like what <laughs> so it's really good awesome i'm gonna check that out after <laughs> <laughs> but okay. you mentioned earlier that um, you were really supposed to become this author, right? So I'm mm-hmm. just curious. If you were to write a book now, what book are you going to write? And what is it about? It's mostly going to be about the personal development side of things when you are building a business. I've right. even I've thought about it a little, but just like right now, I don't have the abundance of time to really write things. I don't, I don't even, I haven't even uh, finished writing the modules in my, my academy yet. So I guess I'm just going to put that later. But the way I'm thinking it is that it's going to be a book for entrepreneurs because a lot of people that go into that route, they know how to market themselves. They know traffic, CPL, all these things. But it's very hard to get a person that understands the personal development side of being an entrepreneur. Like, are you going to become emotionally prepared when your business started scaling? Like that for me was incredibly challenging because everything happened so fast, so quick. And my emotional quotient wasn't really able to keep up with (laughs) everything that was happening around me. So I think that that was a really good lesson that I wish to also write about soon. <laughs> okay, so let's touch that a little bit. So what was the biggest challenge that you've seen when you were already in the scaling part of your business? To me, it's being, I'm not really a people type of person. Like you might see me in my videos and like if you, you think that I'm an extrovert, <laughs> but I'm very introverted. And in a lot of events that I join, I'm always in the corner of the room. 
And it's very hard for me to reach out to people, say hi, and all these things. So that has been a really huge challenge, especially that I started having so many students in very short amount of time. So like questions here and there, and like I feel like my responsibility as a teacher or as a mentor is like I wasn't really able to keep up. So that was super challenging. And I feel like every time I put a content out there, my imposter syndrome always tells me like, hey, this is not good enough. Or like, how are you going to differentiate your paid program from your free program? Like all these uh, questions happening inside my head all the time. So that is the most crucial part for me about being an entrepreneur as in like a mentor is that being able to keep up with the emotional side of things because I'm easily sensitive. I don't really cry a lot, but I get angered like a lot. (laughs) So I need to understand that when my students are asking questions, like I don't need to get pissed right away or (laughs) I need to come to them with compassion, answer their questions with compassion, like all these things. That was one of the struggles. How are you handling those struggles now? Because it, it seems to me that you're already past that point. So how how did you manage to like? Okay, before you answer that question, what was your turning point when you said that? Okay, I have to do something about this. These hmm. should not be the same anymore. Like, what hmm. was that? How did that feel? So this one happened very recently. It was in April that something happened in my group, and. I cannot go into very specific details, but something happened, at least in my part, that was super awful. And it was because I was trying to control everything in my student group. It's like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Or like, I was trying to be a ruler instead of a mentor. So that to me took a tall, big time. I was very much affected of it. For a straight three days, I did not eat. And I started thinking about like, what should be the things that I need to be doing? What should I stop doing? Because this is not simply about the circumstance. You should also be thinking about who you are as a person, how you can become a better person instead of just blaming the people outside of you. So uh, I started thinking about how can I stop being overly reactive? How can I stop? thinking differently what can I say to myself when these are happening and I could say that that was my turning point or that was when I said that this is enough is when I watched one of Brendan Burchard's video and he said there that for you to lead you need to understand that not everything is in your control so if things are outside of your control then you have to let go of it just completely be okay with the things that you don't have control over. So that to me was like, okay, (laughs) I don't need to control everything, right? So uh, I started letting go of things and now I'm more carefree, stress-free. That like freed me so much of like thinking about problems or how can I control or how can I lead better and all these things because I was like disguising leadership into management, which is not really the same thing because when you lead the people that you're leading has to be comfortable around you so that was the turning point right that's so true like you know what i do um 
in in my case with the business that I have, mm-hmm. I usually go into this retrospection mode. It's like I'm looking at myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm here, like a little <laughs> <laughs> there's like this inner voice in me that says, Are you doing the right thing? Melissa, look at the pros and cons, look at who are the people that's going to be hit if you do this, who are the benef- beneficiaries, things like that. So that's like the usual kind of mentality that I do, and it's a super, super helpful mental discipline that maybe I can share with you mm-hmm. because it really helps. Because like before, I used to be like this this woman, this partner who's super duper uh, reactive, and my partner let's go to the partner sense with relationships because it's kind of related to students, clients, right? Mm-hmm. So with my partner. Let's say he teases me. I'm I'll just reactive. <laughs> I was like that before. <laughs> and then what will happen is he will, he will, he's, since he's, he's, he's a hot tempered guy, he will blow up. And then the situation aggregates. So, like, how I change is how I, re- instead of being reactive, I'm going to respond to that. So, mm-hmm. how I respond to that is like, Okay, like it takes me 10 seconds to respond now. Like, I'm gonna think, should how am I gonna react to that? Uh, And then I just breathe. And he's he's like blown away, like, oh, should I react today? And then, and then the situation calms down. So that's 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 what I do, even with with uh, with my students and even with my mentees, my coaches, and all of my my employees. But anyway, enough about me. So let's go back to you. How does Demi define success? Success would be having freedom in your hands, being able to do anything you want at any time of the day. So. Okay. I don't really define success as how um, a lot of people would define it, like being able to earn a lot of money and all those kind of things. I guess when I was starting my freelancing journey, that was the idea because at that point I was very desperate for money. I was desperate to get out of poverty. So at that point it was like, oh, I'm going to be successful when I get the money. And then when I got the money, it's like, yeah, what? <laughs> what's next with you? So to me now, it's more of like being able to streamline my workload, focusing on things that are high leveraging tasks rather than the low, uh, low leveraging tasks, um, being able to free up so much of my time, not working 16 hours in a day. <laughs> At least before. Oh my God, I used to work 16 hours a day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That is so, so crazy. <laughs> I don't have a life anymore. Exactly. So that to me, I also got into that point where I was working 16 hours in a day just to keep up. Um, at least when I was building CRA, that was the case. But today, I feel like I really need to lay low and like do more of the fun stuff. So now I don't. Yeah, girl, relax. Yes. <laughs> relax. <laughs> Everyone has been say has been uh, telling me exactly that. It's like you're too young. Like, why are you stressing yourself out? But to me, it's like I'm buying my time early so that Amen. later on, I love that mindset. Yeah, later on we can like just chill. Like, I can't really afford to chill for now because there are so many things that are not yet done. But 
later on. I'll Spain now play later kind of <laughs> mentality. I love that. Yes. And, and a lot of um, young people should really adapt to that kind of mindset. Mm. Because like a lot, you know, this, this, I'm not saying that I am against it, but a lot of um, youngsters right now would go with the YOLO. You only live once, so you have to like make the most of it all the time. It's good. Like what? What? What is your insight about that? It's like to me, and I'm same with you. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's more pay now, pay later. In your case, how does it work? I'm more of a person that has to work. Like the way I put it into context is like I feel like I need to work um, straight two weeks with no day off, and then one entire week off. <laughs> so. Uh, that's actually one of the things that Tim Ferriss has been discussing in his videos. He calls it sabbatical. So like six weeks of straight working with probably one day off or something in the middle and then one entire week off. And I, when I heard that, I felt like that's something that I really would want to do. <laughs> I'd rather work hard now so that I would look forward to having a break. But oftentimes also when you do not control yourself of working, you really get burned out. So you really have to have a system. So you can't just say you're not going to work for straight two weeks. You really have to have some day offs in between. <laughs> you can't really do that anymore. <laughs> That's right. But let's go now to CRA. Let's touch okay. that a little bit. So during the time that you were building uh, CRA, what were the top, let's say, perhaps two of the best strategies that you think that really blew up CRA? First one was ensuring that the students has everything that they need. I mean, with content-wise, I was way too young last year and like did not really mature when it comes to marketing. So I did not know what they were needing. So I just like put content out there on whatever that is inside the platform. And the reason why I'm doing the modules now is because I'm more aware of their questions. So I think that when I was starting out, that was one of my mistakes is that I did not ask the prospect questions about what they really need. What do you need? Do you need more marketing strategies? Do you need more skill courses? Mm-hmm. What exactly do you need to succeed in freelancing? So I think that was one of my la- uh, the things that I lack. Um, what made it blow up, I guess, is ensuring that the students have someone by their side, making them mm-hmm. feel like they have a person they can connect to when things don't go well because community to me is a really big part. I did not have that when I was starting out. So I feel like I needed to over deliver in that area because that's what I did not have (laughs) the people around you. So that, and I think another thing is ensuring that the, you don't just get students in, but you give them an experience Right. So aside from very important. just doing all your marketing strategies to get people into your program, you also need to ensure that they get an experience out of it. It's not just making or getting people at the door, but making them stay. So those were two things that I could say that made CRA blow up. <laughs> so for the people who are starting out, I guess we're going to end it with this one. What would be the takeaway that you really want to share with them? What a warning sign of, hey, <laughs> guys, you have to take note of this when you're mm-hmm. starting a business. What would that be? I think it would be 
thinking how you can do it or asking the question, how can I, instead of saying, I can't. So a lot of people, when they're starting out, they say, oh, I can't do this because I don't have a laptop or I can't do this because I'm not good in English or I can't do this because I just don't have the skill or whatever that is. And instead of saying, I can't, why don't you shift the question and ask yourself, how can I? How can I be good in English? How can I create a course out from scratch? How can I have the knowledge that other people have so I can teach it? So like just shifting the question or changing an I can't statement to a question would actually help your brain find more solutions. Because when you say I can't, then the brain just shuts down like, all right, you said you can't. End of story. <laughs> We're not going to find solutions there. So you have to ask different questions or the high quality questions. And the quality of your life is determined by the questions that you ask. When you ask better quality questions, it's funny because a lot of people in my ads just ask how, how, how. <laughs> and we make uh, a lot of us people who are in the mentees group make so much fun of those um, questions it's like how oh, wow. <laughs> we we use that as a joke so <laughs> I always tell them that don't ask how questions don't ask how questions and I probably ask how can I do that so yeah thank you so much for sharing your story <laughs> you Debbie also. I cannot believe it. it's already more than 40 minutes <laughs> <It's so laughs> <fast. laughs> it feels like we just got started and then we're here Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, if you were going to if you're going to share something uh, to our queens right now, if you have any upcoming uh, master classes or perhaps in a virtual event, share with them. I'll actually be launching CRA again on July fifteenth, uh, July thirteenth to seventeenth to be exact. So to anyone who is very much interested in becoming a highly paid freelancer, you can of course join us. If you feel like you can vibe with me, I'm not going to force you to enroll, of course. <laughs> so to just so um, you would know that uh, it's very important to me also that you join the class because you feel like we can work together. And if you feel like you don't, then that's also okay. <laughs> There's that. Thank you so much, Demi. And thank you also, Queens, for joining us today. Again, Go ahead and check out Demi and the thing, the, the CRA that she mentioned to you so that you can get more information about it. And also for you to check out the different resources that Demi has to offer. So that's all for today. I'll see you again in the next Queens and Biz episode. And you have a great day. You are listening to the Queens and Biz podcast. We appreciate you for joining us in this fun and wisdom-filled episode of Queens and Biz. Now be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Okay, or you can also visit highfiqueens.com for resources related to today's episode. Again, that's H-I-F-I-Q-U-E-E-N-S, highfiqueens.com. Remember that you are beautiful, powerful, and can achieve anything that you want in life as long as you have the courage to pursue it. And we're here to support you in the Hi-Fi Network. 
So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast because it helps us craft better content for you so we can support you and help you achieve your goal. So go ahead and do it now and we'll talk to you soon.